You're listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Kobernack. It is our desire that you will be helped by this Bible message. Matthew 6, I want you to notice verse 33. This is where we're going, and this is the goal, but it says that if we will seek first, that's important, not seek after, but seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, notice the promise. What does God say? God says, I might take care of you. I'll think about it. I'll consider it. Oh, no. God says when you seek Him first and you seek His kingdom and His righteousness and His will, God says, and all these things shall be added unto you. Now, you know what's sad is some people seek things first. They think that if they can get a lot of stuff and if they can get a lot of possessions and they can gather a lot of treasures, they say, if I can get all those, then I'll see if I have time to seek God. And you know what they find? They usually don't seek God because you're never going to be satisfied with stuff. There's always somebody that's got more. There's always somebody that's got uh, something that's newer, that's shinier, that's faster, uh, that's, uh, that's bigger, that's better, and stuff never satisfies. But here's the beauty. When you seek God, you'll always be satisfied in Him. Jesus will never disappoint you. He will never uh, disillusion you. He will never let you down. When you seek Jesus, you're going to be happy. And then he says, I'm going to add all these things on top of it. Kind of reminds me of the story of Solomon in the Bible. The Bible tells us that Solomon was going to be the next king and he had some big shoes to fill. His father, David, was a man after God's own heart and God had used David mightily. And now Solomon comes on the scene and God appeared to Solomon in a dream. He said, Solomon, I know that you're overwhelmed. I know that uh, you, you, you're feeling this huge responsibility. He said, you name it, Solomon, and I'll give you whatever you ask. I will give it to you. And Solomon could have asked for riches. He could have asked for victory over his enemies. He could have asked for a long life. He could have asked for all those things. But here's what Solomon said. God, I need wisdom. I need you. I need you to direct me. I need you to help me. I need you to show me the way. And God said, Solomon, because you have asked wisdom, he said, I'm not only going to give you wisdom. He said, I'm going to give you all these other things as well. And it's amazing when we seek God, when we, we, we walk after him, it's amazing how he takes care of all the rest. Trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. The goal, we want all these things added unto us. We want the blessing of God. We'll say it many times. Hey, God bless you. Hey, uh, may God bless you today. Hey, hope you have a good day. Hope, hope God's taking care of you. I hope God's meeting your needs. Well, how can we experience that? It's not the flip of a coin. It's not because God uh, has favorites or God likes some people better than others. I'm glad that God loves all of us. I'm glad that uh, we all are precious in his sight. So how do we get to that promise? How do we get to having God's blessing? I want you to see number one, I believe it starts with prayer. It says in Matthew 6, verse number five, it says, and 
when thou prayest. Now I want you to focus on that word when. It doesn't say, and if you pray. Can I tell you for the Christian, it shouldn't be up for debate. It shouldn't be, oh, I wonder if I should pray today. You need to pray today. I need to pray today. And God wants us to pray. And God promised that he would hear our prayer. And God promised that he would answer our prayer. And Christians ought to pray. I mean, that ought to be a no-brainer. I mean, that ought to be an obvious. If you're a Christian, if you're a child of God, if you've been born again, if you've been washed in the blood, you ought to get in this book every day. You ought to get on your knees every day. You ought to worship God. That's what Christians do. We pray, we talk to God. But notice verse five, when thou prayest, it says, don't be like the hypocrites. They love to pray standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the streets that they may be seen of men. That's not what prayer is all about. Prayer is not to impress people. Prayer is not, I'm praying to God, but I'm really talking to so-and-so and I hope they hear this prayer. Lord, I pray that you'd be with that gentleman sitting in the third row. You know he needs to get right with God. Uh, fourth row, excuse me, that was Nathan on the fourth row. <laughs> Lord, I'm sorry about that. The four, you know what I'm talking about. That's not prayer. Prayer is talking to God. Prayer is not to be seen of men or not to be uh, trying to impress people, but prayer is a conversation that we have with God. Can I tell you, I, uh, when I was a, a youth pastor in Illinois, uh, with, with my dad, we had a young man in our youth group. I told this story in the early service, and I don't think anybody in the early service knew who I was talking about, but some of you will. And uh, I won't say his name. I love him. But um, you, ever, you ever known somebody that you love and you're thankful for them and you spend time with them and they're your friend, but they're a nut? You know what I'm talking about? You love them, but they are a nut. This guy was a nut. And if he's listening, I'm saying this with all due respect, my brother. I love you, but you're a nut and you know it. But this guy, he went to college and he would call me when he was in college. And he called me when he was in college and I'd be trying to carry on a conversation with him. But while I'm talking to him on the phone, he's talking to everybody else. Now I'm on the phone. I'm on the other end of the phone, but he's walking around. Hey, how you doing? Hey, guess who I'm talking to? Hey, hey, do you want to talk to so-and-so? You want to talk to my roommate, you know, such and such? And I'm thinking, no, I really don't. I don't even know your roommate, whoever that is. But his conversation, it was all over the map. And his conversation was, hey, you'll never guess who I'm talking to right now. And we, I used to laugh and I used, I used to call his name. I'd say, hey, you want to talk or not, you know? But sometimes I think with prayer, I think we think about all these other things and I wonder if so-and-so's listening and I wonder what so-and-so's gonna think and I need to talk to this person, I need to talk to that person when in reality, we need to talk to God. In reality, we need to set everything else aside and we need to get alone with God and we need to talk to Him because He's the only one that can answer prayer. He's the only one that can do the miraculous it says, when you pray, don't pray like the hypocrites trying to be seen of men. It says, verse six, but when thou prayest, enter into thy closet. And when thou hast shut the door, pray to thy father, which is in secret. And thy father, which seeth in secret, shall reward thee openly. 
says verse 7, not to use vain repetitions. We're, we don't just pray uh, the same thing over and over and over again without thinking about it. We pray from our heart. I believe our prayer ought to be done in secret. I think there ought to be special time, just you and God. I think our prayer ought to be sincere. I think prayer ought to be from the heart. And the more you pray and the longer time you've been praying and, and having a walk with God, it's easy for it just to become routine. But God is not looking for lip service. God is looking for prayer from the heart. And then thirdly, our prayer should be spiritual. Our prayer should be not for our needs, not for, 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 for us, but our prayer ought to be for what is pleasing to God. Notice verse number nine. After this manner, therefore, pray ye, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. That's a good thing to do when you pray, just to worship God, just to praise God. Sometimes we get in such a hurry with our, our want list or our need list. God, I need this, and God, I need you to do this, and God, you got to do this, and God, I need this. But why don't we just take some time just to worship God and just to praise Him and to adore Him, to spend time in His presence. You know how it is. You, you get busy, and maybe you, you come home, and you finally get some time with your spouse. And, and I know we're all guilty. Sometimes it's, hey, we need to do this. We need to take care of this. We need to take care of this. But I'll tell you, it's very precious when you get time with that spouse where you can just be together, where you can spend time with each other, where you're not having to talk about, I need this and this and this and this, but you just be together. You know what God desires? He desires for His children to worship Him and to spend time with Him and to talk to Him and to be still and to know that He is God. Our prayer ought to be a spiritual prayer. Notice verse 10, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Verse number 12, give us this day our daily bread. God, meet the needs that we have today and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Verse 13, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. You know what our prayer ought to be every day? It ought to be a spiritual prayer. Lord, keep me on the right track. God, please don't lead me. Don't let me go down the wrong road. God, please don't let me get sidetracked. God, lead me not into temptation. Please keep me away from the sin. But would you please keep me in the center of your will? Our prayer. Prayer is essential. We're never going to have God's blessing without prayer. The blessing of God starts with prayer and seeking God's kingdom and God's righteousness starts by seeking God and desiring Him. John R. Rice said this, all of our failures are prayer failures. I remember my dad making that statement at one time and he said, you know, Jeremy, he said, honestly, I thought that might have been a stretch. I think I thought that might have been a little bit of an exaggeration. You know how sometimes preachers get going with the story and you kind of wonder, I'm not so sure. And by the way, just like some of you, when you're talking about the fish you caught, or just like you're showing the, 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 the buck that you shot, or you're, you know how that works. Sometimes we tend, well, but I remember my dad said, I kind of wondered if that was maybe just a little bit of an, of an extreme statement to say all of our failures are prayer failures. But I remember my dad said this. He said, you know, Jeremy, the longer I've lived, the longer I've pastored, the longer I've you know, had it raised a family and all those, he said, I believe it's true. And I want to say this, 
We get so busy sometimes doing good things, but we neglect to do, to do the most important, and that is to spend time with God and to walk with God. And may God's people, may Victory Baptist Church, may we get back to prayer. We're never going to experience God's blessing if we don't first pray. Jesus taught his disciples. He said, after this manner, here's the pattern. Here's how you pray. Number two, I want you to see our priorities. God's blessing comes when people pray, but God's blessing comes when our priorities are right. It says in verses 19 through 21, not to lay up for yourselves treasures on earth because that's where those treasures, they rust. They get ruined. They get become corrupted. Uh, they become old. Uh, that, that sports car that you had 30 years ago, uh, unless you stuck it in the garage and unless you've just restored it, that sports car from 30 years ago is probably in a junkyard today. It's a sad thought, isn't it? Boy, that, that brand new computer you got 10 years ago, you couldn't pay somebody to take it today. Isn't it amazing how that, that home that at one time was somebody's mansion, it's fallen apart now. It's in shambles now. How come? Because it's, it's temporal. Temporal things don't last. That's why God says, don't lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Our priorities must be right. You can tell a lot about a person by where they spend their time and where they spend their money. You and I, we make time for what is important to us. You find the busiest person you know, and I promise you the busiest person that you know, they still make time for what is important. I, I was um, on our vacation in Arkansas a couple weeks ago and uh, I was talking to some of my brothers-in-law and we went golfing. I told you about that. We went golfing one day and, and then we got talking about hunting and fishing and I said, you know, I really don't go hunting and I don't go fishing. I said, I've had, I've had men in our church who've offered, said, hey, let's go, we'll do it. And I always say the same thing. Yeah, it'd be great. You know what? I've I haven't done it. You know why? It's not that important to me. But you make time for what is important. If somebody said today, said, hey, we need to go out to eat. I'd make time for that. You know why? Because number one, I'm a Baptist, right? And Baptists like to eat. But number two, it's important to me. And we make time for what's important and we spend our money on what's important. You want to know what's important in your life? You look at your a bank statement. That will reveal something about you. And can I tell you, our time and our priorities and our, our investments and our treasures ought to be not on things that are on this earth, not on things that are temporal, but on things that are eternal. Where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Notice number three, not only prayer, not only priorities, but number three, our passion. It says in verse 24, no man can serve two masters. And maybe some of you have tried that before. Maybe you've tried to have two jobs and you tried to work those two jobs, but this boss wanted you to work this time and this boss, I want you to work this time. That is a difficult thing to have two masters. It really doesn't work. The Bible says you're either going to hate one and love the other, or you're going to hold to the one and despise the other, but you cannot serve God and you cannot serve mammon, uh, earthly treasures. You can't serve 
both. You're going to love one and you're going to hate the other. You say, well, pastor, I'll be honest with you. You know, I, I feel like I love the Lord and I feel like I, I love I love Jesus and all that. But, you know, it's kind of hard for me to pick. It's kind of hard for me to make a decision because I really love money and I really love pleasures and I really love stuff. Well, here's what I'll say to you. You may say that you love God and I may say that I love God, but our love for God is evidenced in what we choose to spend our time with and where we choose to make our investments. I'll give you a for instance, and I, I said this in the early service and I only received three or four um, text messages of people leaving the church, so hopefully there won't be too many in this service. But I made this statement in the early service, and I'm going to make some of you mad. I understand that, but I, you need to understand this illustration. I, I don't really love passionately, like really passionately. I don't really love Duke basketball, like passionately. Yeah, you watch the people saying amen. I'm going to start throwing things in a minute because I'm not done. I don't really love passionately Duke basketball. Now, I like them. I like watching them play, but I don't love them passionately. I don't love passionately. I don't love passionately Carolina Tar Heels basketball. Yeah, see, some of you now, you're, you're gritting your teeth now. You've got the smile, but that's a smile like, we're going to get you later, Pastor. We don't want to make a scene right now because you're preaching, but later. But here, here's what I'm saying is I, when those two teams are playing, I'll watch it and I'll enjoy it, but I don't love one and hate the other. But if you truly love Duke basketball, you hate the Tar Heels. I'm just telling you, you do. Your two favorite teams are Duke and whoever's playing Carolina, if you really love Duke. If you love the Tar Heels, I thought there'd be a few there, you cannot stand Duke. I mean, as much as you love Carolina, you almost hate Duke just as bad, if not worse, right? And, and you say, how do you know that? Because I get to see your faces on Sunday morning after they've played on Saturday night and I don't even have to watch the game. I know who wins just from seeing the looks on your faces. Because you really, really love the other so much that you, you, you despise the other. And when it comes to loving God, our love for God ought to be so great and so passionate that we hate anything that keeps us from God. We hate the sin. We hate the stuff. We hate the pride. We hate the, we hate the temptations. We hate all those things that keep us from loving God because we love Him so much. We don't want anything to stand in between that relationship. Maybe you're not a, a, a Duke and Carolina fan, but maybe for you it's football. I remember growing up in Illinois, the rivalry with the Chicago Bears and the Green Bay Packers. That was intense. Oh, I lived in Rockford, Illinois, and you had some of both. And I'm telling you, it was, it was on when those teams were playing. I remember when I came here, I knew the basketball rivalry would be intense. But I remember when I came here, um, uh, one of our uh, church members, Brother Chuck uh, Hasty, he was in the early service, and 
he invited me over for a game, and I didn't know the Super Bowl was played in November. I always thought the Super Bowl was like February, right? Isn't that when Super Bowl's played? But he's telling me, like, this is the biggest game of the year. And I, and I, I go over and I watch the game with Chuck, and, and it was the Washington football team, Washington team or whatever they're called now. Now, that's incredible right there. When you can't even pick a name for a team anymore, that tells you how crazy we are in 2020, you know. It was the Washington Redskins and the Dallas Cowboys. And that was not the Super Bowl, but it was the Super Bowl for the Redskins fans. That was their Super Bowl. And I'm not kidding you, it was intense. I'm thinking, this is just a game. Oh, not to the Redskins fans, it wasn't. Not to the Cowboys fans, it wasn't. But you see... I think sometimes we try to straddle the fence, don't we? We try to love God and we also try to love stuff. And we try to hang on to this and hang on to this. And we want, we, want, we want the church, but we want the world. And can I tell you, that's not going to turn out well because no man can serve two masters. There must be a choice. The friend of the world, the Bible says, is the enemy of God. You're going to serve someone. You're going to serve something. You might as well make your choice to say, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. There must be a passion. There must be a heart. The more we love God, the more we will love the things that God loves. Number four, I want you to see the pursuit the pursuit is found in verse number 25. Therefore, I say unto you, take no thought for your life, what ye shall eat or what ye shall drink or yet for your body, what ye shall put on. Can I tell you, sometimes we get so worried about the temporal, don't we? We get so worried about the day to day. But the Bible says, don't worry about those things. And here's why. Notice what it says in verse 26. Behold, look at the birds of the air. They don't sow. Neither do they reap, nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are ye not much better than they? Don't you think you're more valuable to God than the birds? But God feeds the birds. They're not planting crops. They're not gathering in a harvest. They're not storing up food in barns. They live day to day, and God feeds the birds. Now, Say, how much do birds eat? A lot. And if someone ever tells you that you eat like a bird, that is not a compliment. That's an insult, yeah. Birds eat half of their body weight in food every single day. That's a lot of food. And you know who takes care of the food? You know who supplies the groceries for the birds? God does. And if God takes care of the birds, don't you think he can take care of us? I looked it up. I, I had no idea, but they estimate that there are 400 billion birds in the world. There's about 8 billion people, so I don't doubt that there's 400 billion birds. The average bird weighs about 2 ounces or so, give or take. And so if you take the weight of 400 billion birds, and if they eat one ounce of food, or even half an ounce of food every day, that's 200 billion ounces of food every day. That's 12 and a half billion pounds of food every day that the birds eat, and God takes care of it every single day. That's good to know. Guess what? 
That same God has promised he's going to meet your needs. That same God has promised he's going to take care of you. The Bible tells us we're not to worry about those things. That should not be our pursuit. Look at our clothing. Verse 28, why take ye thought for raiment? And some of you men right now, you're thinking, Pastor, who even thinks about what they're going to wear? Your wife. Because at home right now, there's about four outfits that are laid out on the bed of things she was going to wear and she planned to wear, but she changed her mind. You know how that works. And a woman has a right to change her mind. And all of the men said, amen. Whether you agree or not, she has the right to change her mind. But notice what it says about our clothes. Consider the lilies of the field. How they grow, they don't toil, they don't spin, they're not weaving, they're not sewing clothes together. But verse 29, I say unto you that even Solomon, in all of his glory, the richest man that ever lived, he was not even close to having the beauty of the flowers that are in the field. And if God takes care of the birds, and if God takes care of the flowers, don't you think God's going to take care of you? Oh, you better believe it. I know he will. He promised that he would. We see the prayer, the priorities. We see the passion. We see the pursuit. But I want you to see, lastly, the promise. The promise comes in verse number 33, when we seek first the kingdom of God. That's the first thing. That's the priority. That's the main thing. That's the focus. Uh, God is not second place. He's not third place. He's not fourth place. He's not just in the top 10. He is first. He is foremost. He is number one. And when we seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, the promise is that all these things shall be added unto you. Can I tell you, that's an amazing promise. Because we live in a world where people are so worried about stuff. What about this? And what about this car? And what about these clothes? And what about this house? And what about uh, this uh, uh, equipment? What about this toy? What about that? But you know, God promises that if we will seek Him first, He said, I'll take care of all the rest. Does that mean that you're going to be the next Bill Gates or the next Steve Jobs, that you're going to have billions and billions of dollars? Oh, absolutely not. Can I tell you something? There's things in life a whole lot more important than a bank account. There are needs that we have that money cannot buy. There's peace. This world is searching for peace and all the money in the world and all the houses and all the cars and all that, that doesn't bring peace. This world is searching for joy and this world is searching for satisfaction and this world is searching for contentment. You know who can meet every one of those needs that you have? God can. And he promised that he will supply your needs. He promised that all these things would be added unto you and to me if we would seek God first. Thank you for listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Coburnett. For more information about our ministry, please visit our website at vbcrr.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.